the State of the Union address and you would still be a perfectly informed American and be absolutely fine. Watch if you like. I probably tune in because I got to, but otherwise I wouldn't. I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's, it's funny. I was dreading the Grammys, but I'm looking forward to the so too. It's Trump, so there's always a chance that something really exciting will happen. Yeah. But in general, State of the Union dresses are way overrated as a, as a thing. I'll admit to you, it's a drinking occasion at my house. It's um, well, it's like watching a football game for me. I kick back, pour a glass of wine, and kind of chuckle <laughs> at what I see. Not sure that's the right attitude. Friend Tim Sandifer, Tim the Lawyer, has just tweeted. He's got his new book coming out soon, can't wait. Another one? Oh, yeah, and this is going to be his big hit that puts him on the map. Really? Yeah. Uh, he already makes me feel inferior. He is definitely my friend who makes me feel the most terrible about myself. That's nice to have one of those. Yeah, well, I have several. Mm. Most of them, actually. Um, he has tweeted, um, got a confession to make. I've blown dry my own hair, and I've never had a minute of professional training. Fortunately, I survived. Seriously, it should be legal for Arizonans to blow dry hair without having to become full-time cosmetologists. Yeah. That's some uh, house bill in Arizona. Uh, that's one of the great crusades that he and the Goldwater Institute and Pacific Legal Foundation before that. And, well, they're still doing it. Um, these idiotic licensing regulations that serve only to protect incumbent businesses. <clears throat> His new book Fraud. is about, uh, it's a, um, I don't know if it's a full biography, but it's about Frederick Douglass. Doug- is it Buster Douglas or Frederick Douglass? I think he's writing about Frederick Douglass. <sighs> Two very different books. Not Buster Douglas. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. No, but hes I think it comes out in February, and uh, obviously we'll have him on. And I think this book, I think the time is right for this kind of book. I think it's the kind of book that I can see, like, a lot of your cable news channels wanting to have him on about. This could really put him on the map. And all you got to do is get Tim the Lawyer on a TV show. Yeah. They'll have him back again. Right. Right. Well, we wish him luck. We love Tim and, yeah. and his fabulous and brilliant wife, Christine. We shout out the, our best wishes to them. Uh, as we begin the award-winning fourth hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Andy and Indy having sent us what is, according to some sources, the first actual award for the fourth hour. It's a trophy, the Golden Goat. Armstrong, you get a best fourth hour of radio, third place, regional. Can I see the trophy? Yeah, please. Speaking of the trophy generation earlier, um, I never got a trophy in my whole life. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I got a medal twice. My parents threw all of mine away without asking me. <laughs> Imagine how that made me feel. I got a number of ribbons in my life from fairs. I got a couple of medals from wrestling. A number of medals from golf. I forgot about that. Okay. I don't count those for some reason. Mr. Congeniality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Best haircut. That sort of thing. But, n- but nary a trophy. Never a trophy in my life, and I always wanted one. My brother had a couple, but my kids, and my kids haven't played much sports compared to their friends, but they got, of course, tro- trophies every time they played anything. <laughs> And the other day I was going through, oh, when I when our dryer broke and I had to move the dryer out and there's a bunch of crap back there and there's mouse feces and I'm cleaning them, there was one of his soccer trophies down there at the bottom of a pile of stuff. Because it means, about right. because it means nothing to him oh my at God. all. Nothing. What a great introduction to what we're going to talk about next. But go on, if you like. Well, that's the whole story. But yeah. I just thought if I had ever won a trophy, it would have been proudly displayed. I would have looked at it all the time. But of course, why would it mean anything to him? It was given to him for no reason. Right. He did nothing to earn it except show up and breathe. 
<sighs> yeah. Just, just, you know. It's amazing. I remember when I was coaching soccer during the everybody gets a trophy era until finally a lot of people uh, finally decided, wait a minute, this is stupid. And a lot of the parents, uh, you know, because it's generally in in your uh, recreational leagues, it's uh, the team mom and and the other moms get together and they talk about it and they figure out what the kids are going to get. And the everybody gets a trophy era lasted for a while. Then at least anything my wife was involved in, there weren't any trophies. There were like an equipment bag. Or, you know, something useful. Something to say, hey, here's a memento. It's useful. Thanks for playing. As opposed to, here's an award for achievement. What have I achieved? Nothing. Take it. Put it behind your dad's dryer. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, what a great lead into this. And I have two stories for you. Two. Number one, last year, Washington, D.C. Public High Schools. The beleaguered public high school system there. Didn't uh, Dave Chappelle make a sarcastic shout-out to D.C. public schools yeah. in one of his recent appearances? Yeah, yeah, right before he was attempting to read a teleprompter, he shouted right. out D.C. Oh, that's public right. schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 34% of the graduates of D.C. public schools last year graduated against district policy. A third. A, a third didn't do what you quote-unquote have to do to graduate. Comprehensive report ordered by the mayor to her credit. We're tremendously disappointed, she said, about the findings in a news conference. Investigators analyzed citywide attendance and graduation records. Policy violations were found in a third of the graduating students' records. Credit recovery, accelerated coursework, was used inappropriately at most high schools. You never showed up for math class. Well, uh, I tell you what, uh, coming this weekend, we'll learn a bunch of math. Yeah, 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 okay, you learn math. High schools rarely follow district attendance policies. Central office did not support schools or provide sufficient oversight on most policy violations. And most DPPS or DCPS high schools exhibited a culture of passing and graduating students regardless of grades, et cetera, et cetera. A third. Now, well, why would you do that? Well, why would you do that? Getting back to the trophy analogy, which is so good. Do you not get that the only reason I valued a trophy or anybody else, the reason I would have valued a trophy is partially about the way it made me feel and partially about the way other people would look at me for having a trophy. If it if it has no meaning, then well, then it has no meaning to me or them. Please note, the state of California eliminated the exit exam, which nobody but the developmentally disabled should fail. So to, to eliminated it because too many people were not passing it, and it was embarrassing. But here's where I got you, Jack. Check and mate pinned three points. What if your job was based on how many trophies you hand out? Not whether you you coach champions, but purely whether you give out enough trophies. Yeah. What do you think your policies would be there at every bureaucracy on earth? Uh-huh. What would you do? What would be your goal in the morning when you got there and in the evening when you went home? It would be to give out as many trophies as possible, regardless of if they were meaningless. The school district's graduation rate had jumped 20 percentage points since 2011. That's a real success story, Jack. And they did a, a big survey of more than 600 teachers. Showed that teachers all across D.C. feel pressure from administrators to change grades and attendance records. 
How do you go it's in? A and, right, of course. How do you go in and teach every day when you know it's a sham? When you know you got kids that can't read, can't do anything, that are graduating high school. Oh, jeez. I guess. Well, if you can't do a lot, I guess you console yourself that you're doing a little. I guess. Meanwhile, this is fantastic. This is precious. I love this. Denver, I'm looking at you. Jashan passed this along. We're not on Denver. We should be. I love Denver. You're banned from Denver for life, right? I was told to never come back. That's right. Is that why we're not on there? Could be. A policeman told me to never come back to Denver. I have come back, but I always like... Pull my hat down low over my eyes. Cloak of darkness. I was urinating in a parking lot. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Denver. It's not, my, a, it's not the sort of thing you're proud of, but. Like a school parking lot? or Oh, it was a bar. Well, just school a bar was in regular. session. Yeah. Well, recess. Recess time. <laughs> oh, That's right. Well, oh, they were picking God. up the kids from oh, school. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 It was 2 o'clock in the morning outside of a bar that had something called Drown Night, because that was legal back then. Oh, do tell. For $6, they'd just keep bringing you pictures of beer. As long as you wanted him. And they'd set one down and I'd say, send the other one over. Because by the time you get back, I'll be done with this one. Next thing you know, you're urinating. That's probably $12. (laughs) Next thing you know, you're urinating in the parking lot in front of a policeman. Wow. And being told not to come back to one of them. Hold this for me. You're not coming back to one of America's finest cities. It's okay. It was a drown night. (laughs) I can't believe how bad I got to (laughs) go. Well, uh, so, okay. If you're the Denver police and you're thinking, I'm telling you, we're under a lot of heat for our crime rate. Uh, the pressure's building, man. The inhabitants, as stoned as they are, they're mad at us. What are we going to do? Uh, chief, uh, listen, I know something about the Washington, D.C. school district, and I have a suggestion. CBS 4 News in Denver has learned that approximately 1,000 Denver Police Department crime reports from last several years are being reviewed and closely scrutinized after they were downgraded in a way that essentially removed them from official reporting requirements and significantly improved department crime statistics. Yes! Essentially, they took uh, uh, around a 1,000 crimes and downgraded them from the way they were reported and investigated uh, to uh, misdemeanors or different crimes entirely. And uh, stuff that's not recorded, uh, reported, rather, um, to the California, um, Colorado Bureau of Investigations as a crime statistic. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, the department's dead you have, analysis. You have to be, anytime you hear a statistic, you have to be, your first question should always be, how did they come up with that statistic? Right. I took a graduate-level right. statistics class, and the teacher mentioned that like five times per class the entire semester. I guess to drill it into our heads, it worked on me because it is the most important thing. The statistic is meaningless until you know what the methodology was for coming up with the statistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if an organization itself comes up with a statistic, it's probably pretty important to ask, all right, how could they have cooked these books? How What could they have done to artificially inflate them? Because that's what bureaucracies do all the time. Now, the state of California has instituted these sort of things on a state level, not only canceling the exit exam so that there is no accountability for whether they taught your child or not, but California's decriminalized crime to make it look like crime has gone down. Now you can steal up to $900. It's a misdemeanor. It's essentially a traffic ticket. 
and they've turned people loose from prisons and sent them to the county jails because we don't want to pay for the it's it's amazing it's uh, you know if the uh, if the lens shows a crumbling uh, society just adjust the lens put it in soft focus and then you can claim anything you want yeah those shapes moving around back there that you can't quite make out that's an improvement in the crime rate great that's some great governing that school stuff is is really incredible. Yeah. Well, the cop stuff, the crime rate's too hard, too high. Go back and change all the assault with the deadly weapons to simple assaults. What? Men show a thirty percent drop or whatever. Right. Our text line, if you ever want to jump in, is four one five two nine five KFTC four one five two nine five KFTC. Um, did we mention all the guests that Trump's going to have tonight there at the State of the Union address? Do we know who they are? Uh, Alex Baldwin. I think we know most of them. Baldwin will be there. <laughs> Boy, Alex Baldwin will not be there. That'd be a pretty funny guest. <laughs> Sitting next to Schumer or something in his full Trump gear. <laughs> oh, no. That would be disrespectful. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The Voice of the West. In case you didn't hear it, at uh, President Trump's State of the Union speech tonight, which they're calling his first State of the Union address for some reason, um, he'll have it up in the uh, in the crowd. Maybe maybe he gets to sit next to Melania, uh, an Ohio welder who's benefiting from the tax overhaul plan. That's a good idea. Trump should hammer that. If he doesn't have a laundry list of all the major companies that have announced raises and bonuses and that sort of stuff, he's making a mistake. Uh, he'll have the parents of two Long Island teenagers who were killed by MS-13 gang members, so he's going to work that into immigration, I'm sure. Other guests are rescuers who battled wildfires in California and flooding in Texas. Yeah, that's nice. I just, you know, that just seems like such an easy... Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah. A Marine who... Although, you know what? If you don't tout your successes, nobody else will. That's what they say. Uh, he'll have a Marine. Well, how's that Trump success? We we have people who battle wild, wildfires and floods. I mean, that's nice. I'm glad we have Americans like that. Right, right. Um, why is that in the State of the Union? I, I don't know. Uh, he'll have a Marine who re-enlisted after losing his legs and going blind from a roadside bomb. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they'll all be sitting next to, in the same box as Melania. Many have been selected to amplify the speech's theme, which White, Out of White House officials have said is building a safe, strong, and proud America. Well, who's against a safe, strong, or proud America? Please. You'd be a Chinese agent or a Russian spy to be against that theme. So as I was doing some researching into what the how many people actually watch the State of the Union every year, I found something interesting that universally, going back to 1993, the first State of the Union address that the president gave, which would have been Trump's last year's, is always the highest rated of their of their terms. Makes sense. So I'm going to be really interested to see that if there is some sort of ratings drop from last year, how much that gets talked about, or if they, oh, are people are people growing tired right, of the such right. when it is clearly the first time you see, oh, let's see what this guy has to say. There's this right. huge surge, good, and then it drops. Good nugget to give us because uh, people, if if it's down and it, 
historically, it would say it is that, yeah, it's going to be blamed on Trump fatigue. People are tired of his act, even though it happens every time. Yeah. All right. So, uh, hey, Michael, turn it. Uh, let me play some audio for you. We ought to play this again. Billionaire investor, liberal California guy, Tom Steyer, is spending tons and tons of money to run this ad on TV stations or networks all over the country before, I guess, after the State of the Union effort. Now, if your children are listening with you, I, I beg you to move them away from the radio as the scary, scary synthesizer <laughs> and the clock of terror combine to weave a web of horror for you in this ad. What can a president do in 30 seconds? He can fire an FBI director who won't pledge his loyalty. He can order the deportation of a million immigrant children. He can threaten an unstable dictator armed with nuclear weapons. He can go into a rage and enter the nuclear launch codes. How bad does it have to get before Congress does something? He can do all those things, but the last one was the worst. That last one was scary. Some Mm. ominous music. I should get to... Click, click, click. Wonder if I could get that... Whap, whap, whoom, whoom, whoom at the end. It scared the hell out. Oh, my. Look, I've soiled myself. Now I've. Sean, get me my spare pants. Be right Give me my got too scared pants. Can you just get that music and the ticking and everything like that? I'd like to get that. I'd, I'd play it on the stereo at night. That'd keep the kids in their rooms. That'll keep the kids in their rooms. You open the door and you hear that. Tick, tick, tick. How about. When do I want you to brush your teeth? Tick. <laughs> tick, tick. When do I want you to pick up your toothbrush? Whack, 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 boom, boom. Ah, they run into the bathroom. Hey, are you mentioning the, uh, uh, Marshall, the SBBM again? I don't want to steal that if you got it in your news again. The SBBM. Look up in the sky. It comes out at night. Oh, wait. I will be, but not in this newscast. Well, this our last is our newscast. last one. Well, I was going to do it in Final well, Thoughts. Stone? Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, mean, I won't fine. steal that. Right. That's a good that, idea. Dang, that's right. in a denial. Gee, <laughs> that's, gee, all right. It's worth waiting for then, yeah, so we'll see, look forward to really that coming not. up. Yeah, what? It's definitely not. I mean, it's not. It's an SBBM. Yeah, of course it is. Um, What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phyllis? Well, we've got a game changer, it looks like. Three business giants teaming up to reform the hungry tapeworm feeding on society. Oh, man. Grab that thing and yank it out of me. We will get into that. And uh, information just coming in. We now know what prompted that Hawaii emergency employee to send out the false missile attack alert. Okay. We're going to get into that as well. And and I tell you what, here's your punchline. Yep. How did the original story and then the next story get out if this is the real story? I haven't heard this. Oh, it's extraordinary. And a vote on abortion yesterday that just shows you how cowardly our uh, government officials are. And it's really disappointing. Um, I realize that's a pretty heavy topic. You'll be excited when you hear about the uh, the BM tonight. Stay tuned <laughs> to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The number of slot machines in Vegas is down, even though the city is growing, is down 23%. It's slot shaming. Since 2001. 
Hilarious. Um, no, younger, the younger generation doesn't care about slot machines. You can't get younger people coming to Vegas to put money in the slot machines. They think it's just dumb. Because young people have calculators in their pockets. Yeah, yeah. They know how those work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it took this the millennials to figure out that it's just kind of, if you're going to gamble, there's no skill involved here. So, but whatever. They're going away. Uh, let's. You know what? What also is making them go away? What's that? To me, the last time I played one was the printout ticket instead of money coming oh, out. Oh, right. That 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 was the only fun right. of it. Yeah. Bunch of nickels coming out right. into a cup and carrying around a couple of nickels. Carrying around a piece of paper that says I have a dollar eighty yeah. is not that exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that that weird the screen with like five games going at once or whatever. I can't figure out what the hell's going on <laughs> now. Cherry, cherry, cherry. I can understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and the recording of the fake coins falling yeah. in. Yeah. No good. No yeah. good. No. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, we do have an update on that fake uh, missile attack in Hawaii. U.S. regulators reporting that a Hawaii emergency management employee who mistakenly sent out an alert warning of a ballistic missile actually thought an attack was imminent. He was convinced an actual attack was underway. What happened to shift change, routine test, uh, to click the wrong button, uh, blah, blah, innocent mistake? That's uh, all changed. The FCC says Hawaii had been testing uh, alert capabilities, and the employee mistook a drill for a real warning about a missile threat. He responded by sending out the alert without getting a sign-off from a supervisor. He just panicked. I guess I'll go ahead and tell all of Hawaii that we're under attack from the North Koreans and then go home for the day. So during an actual missile alert, he needs to go find his supervisor, make sure, hey, hey, I need your signature here so I can send out the alert, please. There ought to be, well, there's got to be some sort of better process, obviously. And then, like Joe said, how did we get the wrong story for so long? Exactly. Name of the worker hasn't been released. He's still working at Hawaii Emergency Management Agencies. I hope it's not managing emergencies because he's bad at it. (laughs) He's been reassigned to a job without access to the warning system. And, of course, uh, part of the reason it took 38 minutes for officials to send out an alert retracting the warning. The governor said he couldn't remember his cell phone password to send out the correction. (laughs) Then they had to wake up the IT guy to get him to come in and create a template to switch off the alert. You know what? On a provisional basis... Puerto Rico, you're in. Hawaii, you're out. <laughs> We're only so, going to have one charming little humid, uh, well, not humid, but uh, warm island state. Hawaii, you're out. Until you can get your act together, you're you're back to being a, right. a protectorate or whatever. Right. Got a corporate dream team joining forces to try to tackle what billionaire Warren Buffett is calling a hungry tapeworm feasting on the U.S. economy, and that is health care. Amazon.com. Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan Chase say they plan to collaborate on a way to offer health care services to their U.S. employees more transparently and at a lower cost. The three companies are going to be setting up a new independent company that they say is free from profit-making incentives and constraints. This uh, could be like what Uber did to, Uber did to taxis. To travel. Uber. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's, that's an excellent point. Go on. I ruined an excellent point. No, you didn't. Um, this could be, well, you know, it, all of a sudden, it's this whole, the whole thing is turned upside down. Why would you ever take a taxi ever again once Uber's here? Right. I wonder if this is going to be like that. Boy, that'd be great, because it's hard to imagine a more screwed up system than the one we got now. Yeah. Government yep. where it shouldn't be, and not where it should be, and the rest of it. Did he have to go with that whole tape or a metaphor? Yeah, though? come on. Oh, come on. It's great uh, visual. I remember when I was a little yeah. kid, yeah. a number of kids around, I can't remember if I was included, honest to God, I don't remember, yeah. had worms. 
Really? Yeah. What asshole country were you living in? <laughs> America. It was kind of a rough hood, but... Um, I'd say, warmy. Yeah. Well, we, we used to go around a lot on all fours drinking out of puddles. <laughs> and that may have had some of this eating food we found. But, uh, yeah, I remember there's a the worm thing going on. You took medicine, you're fine. Hardcore neighborhood. Woo. Yeah. Anyway, the companies uh, aren't saying whether the project would expand beyond Amazon, Berkshire, or J.P. Morgan, but shares... Well, in- it would on its own if it works and everybody's happy. Yeah, as shares in healthcare companies took a big hit in trading today. Hinting at the threat of the new entity to how healthcare is paid for and delivered in the U.S. That's all it took for their shares to go down. Hmm. Interesting. Share prices falling. Boy, that is just a universal need and concern. I, we, I, I hope somehow we can move beyond the idiotic politics personified by the right. various thieves in Washington, D.C. and actually work with each other and try to come up with something that makes sense. I want to give you an update. We've got a bipartisan team of lawmakers going after a formal audit of California's crony train project. Yes! Following the nearly $3 billion latest jump in costs, you got Democratic Senator Jim Beal and Republican Assemblyman Jim Patterson who are going to make their pitch for the audit today to a joint committee in the California State Capitol. And it's going to be up to the joint committee to go ahead and authorize it. But Patterson's trying again. We talked with him a while back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, let us know what happens tomorrow. Can Indeed. you update us? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Great. yeah. One last note. We got a study out of San Diego State University. says the cure for teens' unhappiness is less screen time. Yeah. Well, there's a shock. The research is supporting a lot of other studies linking the increased use of laptops and cell phones, other electronic devices, to an uptick of depression and suicide-related behaviors among young people. But is it just looking at the screens, or is it the fact that they're looking at the screens and doing a lot of social media? Well, that's... that's all my, my, like my nieces right. I'm using, for example. They're staring at the phone, but they're not reading books or no. watching TV shows. They're texting and tweeting and no, Facebooking. No, we're talking about trolling and bullying and yeah. looking at people with lives supposedly better than theirs. Because I know I'm going to tell everyone about how shitty you are. Ah, hit send. I realize just watching TV or whatever has got its own downsides, but... If the main culprit at staring at these screens is the social media thing, which a lot of studies show, we, we should focus on that. Yep. Key to digital media use and happiness, uh, the researchers are saying, is limited use of modern gadgets. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Not all change is progress. wonder how that's going to work out over time over the next decade or so. Once everybody realizes that Facebook's about the worst thing that can happen to your kid. Especially your daughter. I don't know. Sad face book. Hmm, that's not quite, you know. The face of the Facebook, no. Hmm. 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 Afraid to show your Facebook, no. Still working on it. Hmm, work in progress. She got the Punch you in the Facebook. Punch you in the there Facebook. It is. There it is. Thanks for hanging with me during my formative years, everybody. <laughs> the petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. I have a mouthful of peanuts. 
I'm sorry, of what? what? That's peanuts with a T. I have, since the day I met you, my wife does the same thing. Please say peanut and not peanut. Penis. Want some peanuts? <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. You know, <laughs> that really needs to be on Clips of the Week. Not, uh, not proud of the notion, but... Uh, they're actually a lagoon and not a nut. Is that right? They're a legume. That's correct. They're like a potato. So this is a super, yeah. super serious topic, but got the alert on my phone yesterday that the Senate had uh, voted down a 20-week abortion ban. I saw this article, this um, opinion piece in the New York Times over the weekend that this vote was coming up. And I thought, I wonder if now is the time that our government actually gets in step with the American people. Maybe you don't know this. If you listen to the Armstrong and Getty show, you probably do. It's not even close to a controversial issue of whether we should ban abortion after 20 weeks. It is in. The the votes are in. Overwhelming number of Democrats, Republicans, Independents, young, old, everyone agrees that abortion should be banned after 20 weeks. It's just, it's not, the, the controversialist position is to keep it the way it is. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way it's presented in the media, and I guess the politicians fall for it. Don't they do any polling on this? In the New York Times over the weekend, the gathering threat to abortion rights. An expected procedural vote in the Senate on 20-week abortion ban highlights the need for the public to vote in the November midterms. And it's about how evil, evil, evil Republicans are trying to take away a woman's right wow. to make decisions with their own body. Even though, as I told you, you can look at Gallup, you can look at anything, a majority of Democrats, along with a majority of Republicans, want to uh, say no abortions after 20 weeks. It's not mm-hmm. a close call. Went down yesterday, uh, mostly along party lines. You'd had to get 60 votes, and there weren't Democrats weren't going to vote for it. And a bunch of speeches on the floor from Democrats about how sending women back into the dark ages and how evil this is. Well, the majority of your constituents think it's a good idea. And yet it does not change. And yet it does not change, and it's worth pointing this out. Uh, Republicans did make this argument on the floor. Republicans who spoke on the Senate floor emphasized that the practice of abortion after 20 weeks is banned in all but six countries on planet Earth. And those countries are China, North Korea, Singapore, Vietnam, Canada, and the Netherlands. Now, some of Canada. those are okay, but, uh. but come on. It's yeah. not a controversial position and that was with an exception for rape and uh incest and the stuff that people always want it was observed by one writer that uh, polling shows that a little more than half of democrats self-identified democrats support a mainstream ban on elective abortions after 20 weeks there are 242 democrats in congress six of them voted for this consensus reform six out of 242 in spite of half of the Democrats. And this gent observes that the abortion lobby, the abortion rights lobby, has deep pockets and a hell of a lot of power. I don't understand how the politicians don't, don't they get any polling and realize where their constituents are? I think it's so easy to demagogue the issue. Most of voters don't actually know what laws proposed. They don't know where their politician stands on it. They don't and, understand why they do what they do. And you can stand up as a dem- as a Democrat and act like Roe versus Wade is being versus Wade is being overturned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You demagogue the issue. You you uh, throw a bunch of gasoline, light it on fire, then scream, "Look what they're doing! Look what they're doing!" But so you know, it's yet another failing of our republic. 
Um, that's amazing. Half and half. Well, a little more than half of Democrats. But only six out of 242 voted for it. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's a troubling issue. The arguments on the floor were, can a 20-week-old baby, uh, I call it a baby in there, um, feel pain or not? With various people arguing, yes, they can, and no, they can't. How about if it's even close, we <laughs> go ahead and end it yeah. at 20 weeks? Yeah. And by the way, most people agree of every political strike. That's right. So, uh, speaking of uh, divisive issues, old James Comey, you remember him? Tall guy, ran the FBI? The lanky lawman. Oh, he was the, he was right. the, the uh, Democrats' worst enemy until he was their best friend, and then he was their worst enemy again. Likewise, the Republicans. Right. Well, he tweeted yesterday when Andrew McCabe, the second in command at the FBI, retired, quote-unquote retired, perhaps with this big memo about to be released about FBI abuses of the FISA court. Nobody's really sure. But anyway, so Comey tweets, Special Agent Andrew McCabe stood tall over the last eight months when small people were trying to tear down an institution we all depend on. He served with distinction for two decades. I wish Andy well. I also wish continued strength for the rest of the FBI. America needs you. Well, conservative commentator John Pahoritz uh, tweeted, You practically wrecked our political system with your self-obsessed handling of the Clinton case. Maybe you should shut the hell up. <laughs> That's one way to respond. That's pithy. That is pithy. And then there were uh, hundreds and hundreds of various uh, responses, pro and con, and the rest of it. Um, uh, but I thought that was kind of funny. So Comey's still ooching around. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if he gets sullied. When this memo comes out. I don't know. I don't know either. And I don't know who to ask either, because everybody's screaming at each other, partisan uh, nonsense. It's tough. And now, final thoughts with Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty on the Armstrong and Getty radio program. Thank you. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody, huh? Hey, uh, Marshall, final thought. All right, my friend, set your alarm for 3.30 tomorrow morning so you and the family can see the SBBM, the Super Blue Blood Moon and Lunar Lunar. Eclipse. It'll peak around 5 a.m. It's a super moon, a blue moon, a blood moon, all wrapped up into one package. Drag the kids out of bed and point them up at the sky. It's the first one since 1866. Wow. The blood moon, when the gravity is so strong, the moon gets so close, it actually pulls your blood out of your eyeballs. (laughs) So for God's sake, keep your eyes closed tonight. That's graphic. Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, you can give people money, but you can't give people the smarts to spend the money wisely. This is why free money is a bad idea. Mm. Mm. Controversial. Uh, Positive Sean, final thought? You know, Jack, you wouldn't have those unfortunate slips of the tongue if you were to just eat handfuls of almonds during the commercial break instead. Doesn't sound like any horrifying body part. Really? That's not a horrifying body part. It's one of my favorite body parts. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself. Mine has had some horrifying ideas. Jack, final thought? Made some horrifying decisions. It's a poor leader, I'll tell you that. Yes! Yes! Real lack of leadership. Yes. You should not be in charge of anything. Well, one thing. But not the decisions. That's my final thought. Yes. My final thought is I will be there, a glass of wine in hand, watching the So Too tonight. I, I may tweet. I haven't live tweeted for a while. I probably should. When's it on? Does anybody know? Six, Six o'clock. o'clock. I'll be there. Yeah. Is uh, Trump wearing red tie or blue tie? Do we know? We have no idea yet. And Paul Ryan will be over one shoulder and Mike Pence over the other? Oh, indeed. There you go. Practicing their I'm not horrified faces. <laughs> yeah, Looking, we'll see. Yeah, cheerfully expectant the entire time. Here, here's the cheerful expectant look. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> Very nice. My Man. favorite part is when one side stands up and cheers and the other side has to look really, really unpleased. Oh, here's your proposition bet. Will somebody shout something anti-Trump that he then uh, answers? I think it'd be a smart move because he is so easily baited. You yell something during Trump's speech. I don't want it to happen. But he would respond. There's no way he lets it go. Bad for America, good for entertainment. (laughs) Which is kind of what this whole experiment maybe is. I don't know. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thanks a little time. Go ahead, email us. Armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. Let us know what you think. If there's a story we ought to be talking about, you can find our contact at armstrongandgettyradio.com. I hope he laundry lists the economic wins. He should. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Then the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Can you see my privates? Can you, can you? Can you see my privates? Can Armstrong you, can you? Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.